Hey, can we talk about the elephant in the room? It's the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, episode 193. There's a Hey there, Tony here, and this is the Rhyme and Reason podcast, where the rhymes have a reason and the reason rhymes. And and thank you so much for being here, uh, for taking the time. I know your time is valuable because it's the one asset that all of us have that's very, very limited, and I don't want to waste yours today. I want to get right into something I think is very important. I know it's extremely important. And I kind of, you, you heard me at the beginning talk about the elephant in the room. And um, I want to ask you a question to start this off with. If you knew there was an elephant in the room, would you feed it? Okay. Now, I'm sure you've heard that expression, right? That uh, when there's an obvious problem, but no one seems to want to talk about it or, um, you know, they want to slough it off to the side. A lot of people say that's, um, you know, they call that the elephant in the room. Oh, there's an elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. But what if that problem was a lie that everybody was willing to spread and perpetuate? You know, just keep it going. Would you be willing to feed that elephant, that particular elephant, a lie? Well, that's exactly what's going on in the scientific, and I use that term loosely, the scientific community. When was the last time you saw or read about a book writing itself? Or have you ever heard of a website with, you know, tons of pages just simply popping up into existence? And where have you ever witnessed a baby being born without the key ingredients from the mother and the father? I mean, you know that that's necessary, correct? Well, the answers, of course, to those questions are never, no, and nowhere. You know why? Because they're all information-based. And information, you know what? It never creates itself. Complex information is like that elephant in the room that I've been talking about. Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but I think it's worth repeating. The genetic information contained in each of the trillions of cells in your body is roughly equivalent to about 4,000 books. Now, wrap your mind around that for a minute, okay? 4,000 books of information in each of your cells, and you have trillions of cells in your body. And that's complex information in those trillions of cells. If you believe all that could just simply create itself, well, you know what? You've got a lot more faith in dirt, goo, and chance than I do. Scientists know their experiments always point to intelligence. They know that. Even the atheistic and evolutionary scientists know that. So, you might say, well, why do they insist on perpetuating the myth of evolution and chance then, Tony? Well, would you believe money plays a huge part? I know, gasp. Yeah, the the vast majority of what are known as research scientists 
are funded by grants from the government, which you and I get to pay for, by the way, or large donors and uh, other individual sources. Now, they're always on the lookout for this funding because their, their lifestyle and their prestige, some people say prestige, um, they depend on it. Okay? But don't take my word for it, though. You should uh, read an article called Follow the Money, and you'll see it in the show notes, a link to that, Follow the Money. It's um, an article that's shared on creationscience.com, and that's also a link in these uh, show notes for this, for this particular episode. Um, that article is it's, it's very eye-opening to see how intolerant the so-called open-minded scientific community is uh, when it comes to where evidence leads. Now, I like to say evidence is like an elephant. Now, you know elephants are enormous, right? I don't have to tell you that. And when a herd of them starts running, there's almost no stopping them. I, I remember watching um, Saturday mornings, I'd watch Tarzan episodes when Johnny Weissmuller, the only great Tarzan uh, portrayer, as far as I'm concerned, um, on TV and in movies, by the way, uh, he used to make his Tarzan call and then the elephants would start stampeding and he'd use them to clear out the villages or get the the evil hunters out. Or, yeah, the number of reasons. But the elephants would start running and, and you just couldn't stop them. I mean, they're elephants, you know. They weigh thousands of pounds each and then you got a herd of them running. You're just pretty much not going to stop that. They'll just trample anything in the way. And that's how evidence for creation is too. It's, it's enormous. And if you just go where it leads, it'll trample all those fairy tales and myths like you know, life coming from non-life, give me a break. That just doesn't happen. Or mutations making something better? Really? You know, mutations make things like cancer. Is that better? Are you evolving because you have cancer? Give me another break, okay? Evidence is flowing through your veins right now. It's so vast and amazing, you can barely even comprehend it. We I can't. The fact that you and I were created is written in every cell of your body and mine and everybody else's. So instead of chasing money for research from a government or organizations or individuals who hate God, scientists, if they're really going to, you know, be scientists, they should be intellectually honest and simply go where the evidence leads. And when it leads to a a living God who created them and loves them, they should rejoice because that leads to eternal life. What an awesome transformation would occur if they just replaced the elephant in the room with Jesus. I'd like to share this song with you and I'll be right back. It isn't behind 
It's the 
That's a song called The Living End, and uh, that used to be an expression we used a lot when you were describing something that was really great, you know, something awesome, we call it, well, that's a living end, you know, and I don't know if they use it so much anymore, but um, I put that into a song from uh, my first CD compilation, uh, my first Christian CD compilation, uh, which is called Do Right, and I'll share the lyrics to the song in case you couldn't understand all the words through this uh, podcast. I'll put those in the show notes as well. And I wanted to uh, finish up by um, asking a couple of questions. The, I mean, when, I, when I'm talking about the elephant in the room, what do you think? Am I just being a simpleton? Am I being too naive? Or you think it's something worth continuing to fight for? Well, that's what I think. I think it's always worth fighting for, the truth is, and the truth will set you free. And on that note, we'll end the Rhyme and Reason podcast, this episode, 193. I want to thank you for um, connecting with me in all the ways that uh, are, you're comfortable with. There's Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and um, YouTube and Reverb Nation. And, uh, oh, I just found out that my podcast is now on Stitcher. So if you prefer to get your podcast through Stitcher, you can find me there. In each of those places, just look for Tony Funderburk. And no, that's not Thunderbird. It's Funderburk. Starts with an F. Starts with fun. And uh, it's F-U-N-D-E-R-B-U-R-K dot com. That's me. You'll see my three-faced picture. Uh, it reminds me of a joke my dad used to say. Stuff like, well, I know you're not two-faced because if you were, you'd surely be wearing the other one. Ay, ay, ay. I digress. I digress, don't I? Well, thank you so much again for joining me here on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, where the, where the rhymes have a reason and the reason rhymes. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you. There's a-